0: Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. You turn in your Bibles this morning, if you would, as we conclude uh, this series together to the book of Galatians. Uh, Galatians is another one of those letters. Uh, we now know it as a book, but it's another one of those letters written by Paul. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this letter. Um, But here's the big idea, the key to everything, that it has two components to it. And if you haven't gotten it by now, uh, you can just go back and podcast it. But you should have it by now. But if not today, here it is. The two components to this key are divine sovereignty, that which God does, his grace. That's why Ephesians 2, 8, 9 tell us that we're saved by grace, amen, the work that Jesus did on the cross through his his, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, man, that work that he did, that is grace, that is divine sovereignty, That's that's the part that God does. But then there's another component to this, and that is this thing called human responsibility. Human responsibility, what is human responsibility? Human responsibility is our obedient response to that which God does. That's why it says we're saved by grace, through faith, and yes, I know. If we read on, we realize that the faith we have, He's given it to us. But He gave us that faith to prompt the the, the 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 obedient response to His grace. He gave us that faith. He stuck that inside of us. He gave us that measure so that when He extends His grace, that human responsibility then would then kick in, and we say yes to His grace. Amen. I don't know about you, but are you happy you said yes to God's grace? If you have, like four of you, all right. I don't know about you. I'm excited. All right. I'm excited about what Jesus has done for me, and and yet it demands a response. It's a theme we find throughout all Scripture that, that God, when he steps out and he does something, it demands a response, and that response is human responsibility. And something powerful happens when divine sovereignty, that which God does, collides with human responsibility, that which we do. Are you with me? And so we see this theme throughout Scripture, and we've been talking about that, and Here we find ourselves now in Galatians chapter 6. In Galatians, once again, a book written by Paul, actually a letter uh, to the people of Galatia. And the reason he's writing this letter, he has one purpose, really, in writing this letter. And he's writing it because there's two segments of believers at this time. There's the Jewish people that are becoming believers, and then there's those that aren't of the Jews. They're called the Gentiles, and they're becoming believers, and so what's happening now is because the Jews believe that salvation came through their, you know, their lineage, that, that salvation was from the Jews, so the work that Jesus Christ did, it was from the Jews. They thought they had a one-up on the Gentiles who are now becoming Christians. And so what Paul does, Paul sits back and he sees what's going on or he, he gets word of it and he says, I need to write some things and make sure I set some things in order. And so he begins to write this, and and as he writes it, what he's doing, he's saying, hey, Gentiles, they're new believers. I know that the Jews are saying this, but right now they're a little bit misguided. What they're doing is they're trying to put put man's laws on you. They're trying to put traditions that they've grown up with and saying, hey, salvation came through us. And they're now trying to take that, and they're putting it on the Gentiles who are new believers. Now, this creates a problem. And here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen, is that it didn't just happen back then, but how many know it can happen in church today? Are you with me? That sometimes, uh, that, that we don't do it, you know, we don't do it intentionally, but sometimes we can take our personal convictions, what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. And we can take that personal conviction now, and we can begin to place it on people that are coming to church. And now there's these new believers, and they're getting a little bit of the mixture of the word, and they're getting a little bit of the mixture of our convictions. That's what's taking place. I mean, I mean, I know a lot of believers that have this conviction that they will not drink alcohol. Right? And maybe you ran into some of those people. And listen, that's their conviction, and they should follow that, and they should not do that. But nowhere in scripture does it say thou shalt not touch alcohol. Are you with me? Now, the Bible does say, you know, that, that drunkenness is a sin, okay? But you know what's a sin before that? It's, it's called self-control. And if you lack it, guess what? You're going to be in sin in a lot of areas. Are you with me? okay. And so that's a modern idea, but these things were happening back then, and so Paul writes and says, hold on a second, I've got to lay out for these new believers what's real, what's right, the way they should be living. Are you with me? And so as he does that, as he's writing, he starts to use a lot of these agricultural terms. In other words, he starts to talk about, hey, the kingdom of God, and he begins to bring in the idea of fruit. He begins the. that's why we see in Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 23, the fruit of the spirit is, and he talks about what the fruit of the Spirit is. He's using terms that they can understand. Uh, Oh, it's it's an orange tree. How do I know that? Because of the fruit on it, all right? And so, in other words, hey, I'm a believer. How do I know that? Because of the fruit that's on it. Not because of actions and things and living up to some laws, but because of the fruit that's coming off my life, okay? And so he uses these agricultural terms. Here we see these agricultural terms again in Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 7 through 9. And, uh, and we're going we're gonna to talk about this idea uh, of, of divine sovereignty and human responsibility. Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived. Okay, remember who he's talking to? Gentile believers, new believers, under this legalism. And he goes, hey guys, don't, don't be deceived. Let me just set some things straight. God is not mocked. Amen. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Because the one who sows to the flesh will reap corruption from the flesh. But the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. Amen. I'm glad I have eternal life. Verse 9. So then we must not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we do not give up. Let me read that last part again. So we must not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we do not give up. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. That which you plant, you're going to reap. What are you supposed to do in the in-between time? Don't get tired of doing good, and don't give up. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, I pray that in the next few moments we have together, the Lord, you would speak to each and every one of us. Uh, Lord, that you would make the message clear, concise, relevant, real, so that we'd walk out of here with a deeper relationship with you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen. I don't know how many of you out there are good uh, with plants and seeds and things like that. Uh, I I like to think I am, but then I like to think I'm good at a lot of things. Are you with me? All right. Um, But but we, we had our last house decided we were going to, we were going to make a garden and we didn't have a lot of space. Um but we thought we're going to we're going to build a raised garden, all right? Cuz we don't want the gophers, are you with me? Getting our veggies. And so we built this raised garden and we are so excited, you know, and we built that thing, brought in the dirt and got it all ready, brought in, you know, that the, the soil and made it perfect and researched online. Come on, that's what we do. When we don't know what we're doing, right? We Google, we YouTube. Come on. I'm serious with Google and YouTube. You can pretty much do anything, right? I'm flying to the moon next week, right? Um <laughs> And so we Googled it, got all the information we could, and, and, and we go and we plant those seeds, man. And we are so excited, man. And we're, we're stoked about what is going to come, and we did our part. We built that garden, we planted those seeds, and then guess what? We stepped back, and we really didn't do a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, we had to water it, you know, make sure the soil was moist and whatnot. But, but other than that, we had no control over when the seed was going to germinate and break through and come through the ground. Are you with me? We, we had no control over that. And so we just, just, you know, all right, let's watch it. And I'll never forget, man, I was so excited, you know, when that first green thing poked through the dirt and started to come up. I got so excited that I grabbed the hose and I started watering it even more, right? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. I'm like so excited, you know, And, and I'll be the one that watered it in the morning and watered it at night. And I'll go in and I'm like, Kate, come here. Kate, you gotta see. We got our first, you know, veggie coming through. And she comes out and she's like, Ben? I'm like, yeah. She goes, that's a weed. I'm like, well, what's up at your garden, Woodman? So, so what did I do? I, well, I was like, yeah, I knew that. I was just checking to see if, you know, I pulled the weed, you know, and we go back to doing nothing. We go back to doing nothing, but I'll never forget when those veggies started to grow, man, and, you know, and, and, and you know, and I wish, I wish that steak grew on plants. Come on, somebody. I'm not a big veggie eater, but if a beef came up out of the ground, I would have the largest garden. Are you with me? Man. Right. And, and I remember, man, those veggies started to come up, and, and it was just so exciting. And, man, we had these, these large zucchinis, and, man, thank God for zucchini bread with lots of sugar that makes the vegetable taste amazing. And <laughs> so excited. But I realized something in that season, and I realize it today as we read this scripture, that there are two things that I am responsible for. I am responsible to plant the seed, and I am responsible to reap the harvest. But everything in between is up to him. Everything in between. Human responsibility is, man, I got the dirt, I put the seed in, and now, you know, I'm going to wait, 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 and then human responsibility is I reap it. Everything else in between is called divine sovereignty. I have no control over the seed. I have no control. Sure, there's some things I can do to make sure the soil is moist, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But, but here's the deal. I plant, I wait, I reap. Everything else in between is up to him. And that's the way it is in life. Paul is saying this, guys, don't be deceived. You're going to sow something and you're going to reap something. But everything else in between is up to him. So I want to talk to you just for the next few moments. What do you do when the divine is delayed? Well, what do you do when the divine is delayed? What do you do when you've done what you're supposed to do? And you're waiting. And you're waiting. And you're waiting. And you're waiting. What do you do when the divine seems to be delayed? I couldn't see what was happening under the soil. Matter of fact, if I was to pull back the dirt and look, I would probably ruin the seed. I have no idea what's going on in that burial ground for the seed. I have no idea what's going on in the chamber of that dirt, but sooner or later, God is not mocked. That which you plant, you will also reap. You don't know what's going on in the dark places of your life. All you know is that, hey, God, I planted here and I'm still waiting for the harvest here. I don't know what's happening here, but God, I gotta trust you. I gotta trust that God's you're doing something. And so Paul, Paul tells the new believer and Paul tells us, ladies and gentlemen, here's what you do when the divine is delayed. Here's how you live between the planting, and the reaping here's how you live in those moments let's read it again here it is don't get tired of doing good and don't give up that's it yeah do good and don't give up okay can i I just say this the first thing that tells me is this it's going to be a process right Hey, guys, God's not mocked. That which you plant, you're going to reap. Oh, by the way, hey, don't get tired. And whatever you do, listen to me, Al. Don't give up. If those are the next words out of somebody's mouth, that should clue you in that it's going to be a process. Are you with me? Plant, yes, yes. Tomorrow I'm reaping. No, 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 no. No, it's going to be a process. And therein lies the fundamental problem for all of us sitting here today. Because we have a culture that loves the product. We have a culture that loves the end. We have a culture that loves like, wow, look at this. We have a culture that looks at somebody else's business and say, wow, I want that, without even realizing the process that it took them to get there. We have a culture that loves it right now, when I want it, give it to me. The reason we're at odds is because although we have a culture that loves the product, we have a God that loves the process. Hmm. To God, it is never about getting somewhere. It's about the process which took us there. I mean, let's think about it for a minute. If it was all about the product, then the minute we said yes to Jesus, lightning would strike, and we'd go to heaven. Right, it's about the product. You say, "Yes, yeah, there, eternal life, angels, harps, white fluffy clouds," right? But it's not. It's not. It's about the process, because it is in the process that we learn to have a deeper walk with Jesus, and it's all about relationship to Him. Hmm. We we don't we don't like the process. We like the product. We like the product. Pastor, I want, to have, I want to have a strong marriage. Man, I saw, I saw you, Pastor, and I saw you and Katie married for 18 and a half years, and I see the way you love each other, and man, I, I want a marriage like that. How did you get there? <laughs> how did we get there? 18 and a half years. That's how we got there. It's a process. People say they want a strong marriage, but yet they don't want to put in the work to get the strong marriage. I, I, meet, I meet with people all the time. Pastor, my marriage, it's struggling. My marriage, man, we were, we we're hitting some challenges. And I'll sit down and I'll say, okay, you know, do you, do you ever thought about going to counseling? Oh, Pastor, we can't afford counseling. Oh, well, let's talk about it. Now, Pastor, we, we looked at our finance. We can't afford counseling. Well, maybe there's something we can do to help you out. Let's just talk about it. Oh, we'll talk, but Pastor. And then I'll walk out the door. We're walking out the door. I'm like, hey, that's a nice car. Is that new? Oh, yeah, we just got it. Really? Yeah. You want to come check it out? They get all excited. Come over, Pastor. Check it out. Oh, leather seats. Oh, yeah. We, we went all out. We got the top of the line, man. We got, I a matter of fact, I upgraded the rims. 22s, right? We went all out. I was like, man, this is a nice car. I was like, man, you must have been saving for a while for this thing. Oh, no, no, Pastor, Pastor. I don't have 40 grand laying around. We financed that thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, you don't have any money to pour into your marriage, but now because of stupidity, not only do you have. <laughs> not only did. I love you. Not only did you buy a $40,000 car, but because you financed it, you're now going to pay $60,000 for your car. But yet you just told me you don't have enough money. If you're going to finance anything, finance your marriage. See, but we, we want the. Product. We hate the product. Pastor, pastor, I, I want to do really good financially. I mean, man, I got, I mean, I want to, I'm going to have money. Awesome. Great. What's your budget look like? And they're like, no, pastor, I don't rent cars from budget. <laughs> no, no, no. What, what's your budget? What, what, what do you mean? What's my budget, pastor? I got a goal, right? We, we have people that love the, the product. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be ripped by the end of the year. I'm going to be, yeah. Hey, are you saying I'm not? What? Ushers? Please. It was the fast, man. I just did a 21-day fast. Give me a break. You know, I'm looking for steak, growing on plants. Come on. Huh. We want to get in shape. What are you doing? Oh, I got these pills. There is a reason why there is a billion dollar industry out there for for weird little exercise machines and pills. <laughs> it's because they know you like the product and not the process. Pastor, I want a deeper relationship with Jesus. Awesome. What church do you go to? Ah, oh, no, 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 I don't go to church. This is just me and Jesus. Well. <laughs> good luck with that one. Right. What do we need to do? Something that's required of us. He says this, hey guys, listen up. After you've planted, you're gonna reap. God's not mocked, it's going to happen. But when the divine is delayed, you need to remember this, do not get tired of doing good. Do not get tired of doing good. What is, what is Paul saying here to these new believers? He's saying this, just like I really had no you know, control over when that seed would germinate, here's what I did have control over. I had control over producing an environment in which that seed would sprout. And so when Paul says, don't get tired of good, what he's talking about, he's saying, hey, don't get tired of producing an atmosphere where this seed can continue to germinate and eventually sprout and eventually then come forth the fruit. Do good. Do good do good just just like i would have to go out and water morning and night do good what are you doing good in your life what what does that good thing look like what things are you surrounding yourself with that produce an environment in which that seed could eventually come forth see i've learned something i've learned this that that i can never make god do anything in my life i can't I can't pray enough, I can't read the Bible enough, I can't worship enough, I can't make God move in my life, but what I can do is I can make room for God to move in my life. And so when we read the Bible, when we worship, when we pray, we are creating an atmosphere and an environment around us that allows God to move in our life. Paul says, do good. And by the way, don't get tired of doing it because it's gonna be a process. Don't get tired of doing good. What does it mean to do good? Surround yourself. Surround yourself with hope, with faith, with love. What kind of words are you listening to? Get plugged into a small group. Do we need to play the video again? Get plugged into a small group. Create an environment around yourself that that, that stirs up faith, that stirs up hope, that stirs up love, that stirs up speaking good of others. Oh, I kind of got quiet on that one. Create an atmosphere that stirs up talking good about others. I've learned something. I've learned this, that if someone is sitting there Willing to gossip with you about somebody else, be sure that they're willing to sit with somebody else and gossip about you. Yeah, you can write that one down. You sitting there just spewing and they're spewing. Guess what? The next person they're with, they're going to be spewing you. Gossip, man. You know what Paul actually writes in Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul actually addresses one chapter earlier, and he says it's just a little leaven that ruins the whole lump or that leavens the whole lump. It's just a little bit. And so he's literally, if you read it in context, he's literally angry. He's angry at the Jewish people for putting legalism on the Gentiles. And he uses some pretty colorful words that my wife won't let me use here this morning. And he basically says this would be better for those people to be cut off because that little bit of leaven spreads like wildfire. You know, the Bible says that gossip is the same way. The Bible says this. The Bible says in Proverbs eleven thirteen, he who goes about as a tellbearer reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy conceals a matter. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight says this. It says, a perverse man spreads strife and a slanderer separates intimate friends. What are you surrounding yourself with? Man, surround yourself with people that will, the minute you open your mouth and you want to be negative, they say, Hold on a second. Or, Jeff, hold on a couple secs, seconds, right? He knows the story. Yeah. Hold on a couple seconds. Huh. Wait. Those are the kind of people that you want in your life. What are you, what are you doing? Don't, don't talk about that. Don't talk about that person. But, no, but, but, no, no, no. No, you've got a problem with that person. Here's what you need to do Matthew 18 says you need to go to that person. That's what you ought to do. Okay. And you know what? If you go and it's difficult and things don't go right, then you can come back. We'll go together. Right? Those are the kind of friends. Why? Because they produce a good environment for a seed to grow. Amen. Amen. And can I just say this, too, real quickly? It doesn't matter if I can or not. I'm going to. Not everything you reap in your life is something you've sown. Don't don't misunderstand what Paul is saying. What Paul is saying is, hey, if you plant orange seeds, you're going to get an orange tree. If you plant apple seeds, you're going to get an apple tree. But there's some other things I learned real quickly about that garden we planted. I did not plant those weeds, but those weeds were happy to grow in my garden. And guess what? I had to pull them. I had to reap them, remove them, and throw them away. Because I've had people look at me before when things are going wrong and say, well, pastor, you reap what you sow. And I'm like, yeah, I'm about to reap you and get rid of you. (laughs) Not everything that you reap in your garden is something you've sown. Bad things will happen. Weeds will pop up. Your job is to get rid of the weeds and keep the environment good. Amen? Amen. Don't get tired of doing good. Oh, let me just say this. There's another thing we do to, to create a good environment for the veggies. We put poop on them. <laughs> I know we, we, we've, we've come up with a better term, fertilizer. Read the contents of your fertilizer bag. Hey. Don't run from the bad stuff that happens in your life. Mm. Stuff happens, and sometimes it's fertilizer for growth. That's a good message. Man, he says this. Listen to what he says. He says, guys, guys, don't get tired of doing good. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing good, and you will see the crop begin to grow. Amen, and then he says this, he says this, he says, and I gotta tell you this, don't give up. Don't give up. And the reason he had to say that is because he knew there would be times when these new believers would feel like giving up. He knew that, that that at some point in the process, after they had planted, they're doing good. I'm not getting tired, but some days I feel pretty tired. I don't know how long i going to keep doing good and watering this thing and pulling weeds and dealing with some fertilizer and you know stuffs happening in my life. And man, I'm doing good, but I'll be honest, with you, I'm kind of getting tired. He said, "I know, I know." But even in that moment when you're getting tired, don't give up. Hold on, because God is not mocked. That which you plant, you will also reap don't give up you keep walking see see people quit too soon people people quit when the fertilizer comes maybe it wasn't the fertilizer people quit because here's why they quit they get tired of the process and they and they want to dig up the seed and say is this even working the minute they dig up the seed they, they, they ruin what has been started to germinate or if that doesn't work, they think, well, I just need to put more seeds in there. Maybe that one's not good. And guess what? If you overseed, you destroy the seed. Well, this ain't working. Man, I'm not, I don't know if I'm getting fed here. I'll go get fed somewhere else. Oh. Well, this small group ain't doing it for me. I better go to another small group. It's called overseeding. I got quiet in here. Please smile at me again. We bail on the process. We bail on the process. But he says, guys, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. We we bail on the process because it's taking too long. We bail on the process because it's too difficult. We bail on the process because we don't see the result we wanted to see. We want the product. We want the product now. But there is a process. We have a God of the process. He loves the process. And sometimes the process is painful. And that's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12, It says, hey, ladies and gentlemen, listen. New believers, listen. Old believers, listen. Hey, future church, listen. No discipline is fun for the moment. Listen to the terminology. Yet it yields the peaceable fruit. There is no fruit without a process. But yet it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. But once again, we have a culture that loves the product. And so when the process looks like discipline in my life, when the process looks like someone came along and corrected me, we give up. We run. I don't don't want anybody telling me that. I don't want anybody. See, they're calling right now. It's discipline. I don't want anybody talking to me like that. I don't want to be correcting me. Who do they think they are? What do they think they're doing? What, 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 what gives them permission to speak that into my life? And we run from discipline. And because we run from discipline, we give up. Paul is looking at believers, probably not even knowing that some 2,000 years later, in some church in San Diego called Canvas, that this message would be preached. That somebody would need to hear. That I know you're getting tired. I know you feel like giving up. But let me just take you back to the truth of God's Word. Don't be deceived, God is not mocked. That which you plant, you're going to reap. Just don't get tired of doing good. And by all means, don't give up because the best is yet to come. Your provision is on the way. Your breakthrough is on the way. Your healing is on the way. Your miracle is on the way. God has you right where he needs you. Don't bail on the process. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.